three, two, one, go, and we're live. We're going to take AI, we're going to mix it with things that are separate, and we're going to see what happens. It's not going to be a random walk. It's going to, it's going to go back to the other things we've talked about on Retrace already, namely intelligence itself. One time we're going to mix AI with itself, which is to say mixing AI with something that's not separate. But all the other things, I think, I mean, I got a list here. They're going to be separate until we mix them, until we achieve a mixture or a solution. Is it a mixture or is it a solution? Depends on, we'll see how things go. Intelligence, omniscience, the hypotheses, China, sex. Not all at the same time. All the world models, the good model, and I.J. Good's paradox. This is Retrace, segment number 51, November 15th, 2022, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. It's also 4 a.m. in London, 12 noon in Beijing, and 3 p.m. in Sydney. Shout out to all of you. Uh, okay, so the general, I mean, we talked about, yesterday we talked about maybe like a three-dimensional way of looking at AI or, or, or answering the question, what about AI? Wait, what about AI, though? Um, and we talked about what, you know, trying to answer the question again, what is AI? Of course, we didn't come up with a good answer. No, I take that back. Our answer was excellent. It's the most honest answer you're going to find. It is the most, I'm wrestling with an animal and it's getting the best of me and I don't know what's going on and it's dark and I don't know what animal I'm dealing with and I don't know how big it is and I don't even know if I'm going to live through this sort of answer. That is the sort of answer that we gave you to the question, what is AI again? We've been trying and looking for others who have tried to answer that question for, well, going on years now, believe it or not, this podcast, but only in 50 segments. Today, whatever we think AI is, and remember, we're staying loose. We're not we're not going to freak out because we don't have some sort of technical or specific or even natural language um, definition of artificial intelligence. And if you insist on that, then go, shoo, shoo. Take your insisting elsewhere, okay? We're trying to deal with this in the realness, in the world in which it exists. And it is, a, it is amorphous. It is a hyper object. It is probably an interlaced, complex web of tangled string and spit hyper objects set of hyper objects so let's mix it with some stuff see what happens and we're going to do it for better and for worse i mean it's so tempting when we go through you know the first thing on the list is strategic intelligence oh you know i should say i should say this now yesterday we talked about ai at parties like literally at, at like a you know a, a shindig a get together <laughs> i totally missed the obviousness of where it already was there. I totally missed it. Young people, pretty much anybody born after like 1990, right, have grown up with cell phones, smartphones especially, you know, natively in their world. Now, I haven't been to a young person party since that change in the, in the universe. Um, but I've heard that what they do is often through the phone, often unnecessarily through the phone, are things like talking to your friends, flirting, 
recording, all that stuff. You're doing it through the phone often unnecessarily. Yeah, you've got the old school people who just rock up and, hey, how's it going? But there's so much opportunity to use the phone, use your social media presence, use the internet to better present yourself and also to test the waters, you know, to avoid bad experiences. Well, if you channel your interactions through a phone, you're channeling them through something that is at least heavily influenced and filtered and organized by AI. So the AI is already at the party. So long as people are with their thumbs like this on the magic rectangle that we all love, I'm not criticizing the rectangle. I got no beef with the rectangle. I love my rectangle. I love every rectangle that I get. But so long as we're with the thumbs, AI can be involved. There's AI between you and me right now, right? Like there's some hardware, there's some software, but really it's, are you listening via the, po are you listening to the podcast and how did you find out about it? Search engine or YouTube, right? There's like lots of Google AI between us. We also post things on Facebook. They've got a healthy AI program, et cetera, et cetera. But even if you're just messaging between, with someone else and, and there's, there's opportunity for AI to be involved in that, influencing it. Okay. Anyway, I made note of that in the notes for Re50, and I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because I can't believe I missed it. Let's make some mixtures. All right, I'm going to go through intelligence, omniscience, the hypotheses, and then basically the models. That's it. And again, I did it again. It sounds like it's going to be boring and laborious, but it's not. Actually, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. This is live, but I don't think it's going to be. But I have no plan here. Not much of one. I have a list, not a plan. A list is not a plan. Enough. Strategic intelligence. This is the first thing we talked about on this show. Three kinds of intelligence. Natural, artificial, and strategic. Strategic intelligence was the first focus, the first few segments of Retrace. Then we moved on to artificial intelligence and then natural intelligence. Go back and check them out. I think they're good. I, I do. <laughs> they're not perfect, but... You don't need perfect. It's a podcast. It's more important that you find out about who might be meddling in your life in the case of strategic intelligence or threatening to kill you in the case of natural, natural intelligence or meddling in your life in the case of artificial intelligence or threatening to kill you in the case of artificial intelligence. See, all kinds of things. Strategic intelligence. How does AI mix with strategic intelligence? Look, they, they, they vacuum up data. It used to be they had like a... Don't ask me to quote. You can find this. This is like James Bamford's stuff. You know, the old New York Times reporters who wrote books about the NSA. Um, they, you know, they had... AT&T had a room where all the phone lines were connected to NSA hardware that, you know, they could tap everything. They started vacuuming up stuff. But it wasn't scalable before computers. I might be mixing up my history a little bit there, but basically what I said is the gist of kind of, you know, there was a time when the intelligence agencies, the strategic intelligence entities in the world had to do things like literally connect to the copper and amplify the signal on a wire. I mean, before the wires, it was, you know, it was all chit-chat. It was, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but the secret world by... Um, Oh gosh, I put things away. I swear. The the short the most surefire way to 
to make use to, to make sure that I need a book is to put it away in the closet because that's exactly when I start going looking for. What was his name? I forget the guy's name. Anyway, there was a whole time before electricity dominated intelligence, uh, strategic intelligence. Now we'll we can talk about a whole time before AI and computing dominate dominated strategic intelligence. But now they do. They vacuum up everything, and then it's a matter of searching and finding what you're looking for. Different problem. AI helps with that. AI helps a lot with that. You know, combing through and, and making sense of giant quantities of data is a specialty of what we call today artificial intelligence. Natural intelligence. How does artificial intelligence mix with natural intelligence? Well, going back to the phone, I mean, we're pretty close to this thing being plugged into our brains. Not technologically. Like, you know, Neuralink is a thing. Other, you know, Kevin Warwick has been plugging things into his body for 15 years. It's coming, right? This direct hardware connection between our our nervous system and the you know I was going to say the machines. It sounds ominous, but I'm, I'm neutral on the good or bad of the machines. Um, but it's coming. But we're not there yet technologically. But you don't have to be. Your thumbs are plenty. These we have opposable thumbs. Not to mention, I mean, if you're using a QWERTY keyboard, you got you got ten digits, right? I mean, hopefully you have ten digits. We're, we're this stuff is. Marshall McLuhan talks about it. I quoted it in a recent segment. His thing on, and I'm not going to read it here, but it's 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 the passage where Marshall McLuhan in um, in the media is the message talks about humans as you know may, maybe thinking of humans as sort of the sex organs of the machines because you know the way we interact with them and the way that we make the the creation of new machines and improved evolved and better machines possible we're sort of like you know bees and flowers and that sort of thing um it, but the the passage leading up to that is just as important uh and anyway okay so it like we're, we're constantly in a feedback loop with our technology and you can you can categorize basically any artifact as technology go back to the abacus go back to the first stone tools you know those arrowheads those you know you know sharp rocks they changed us nobody wanted to go back to bludgeoning with fists or hitting people with soft sticks of wood when when someone figured out that you could connect a, a rock to the end of the, that stick or you could hold a hand as a hand axe. I think the hand axe was maybe the first stone tool. Somebody correct me, some archaeologist. Um, that changes the game. It changes us, how we think about things. You cannot go back to being a, a, a pre-tool human, a pre-artifact human. Just go try and start a fire in your backyard. Just go try and do it. Use the YouTube video. Use anything except artifacts that were ordered on Amazon or any just only do it with stuff that you make that you get from the woods or the desert or the jungle or where the savanna wherever you live whatever you whatever nature you live closest to just go do it see if you can go back you can't I've, I've done this I've done this I've started fires from no I have tried to start fires from nothing really tried and just don't get in that situation <laughs> Do not get in that situation. The nice thing is there's so much, we've changed the world so much that even if the power went out right now, you know, EMP attack or solar mass ejection, whatever it's called, there's so much burnable 
flammable stuff everywhere that you you're still never going to have to go into the woods with your bare hands and cast away you know style start a fire we things are changed we're not going back okay so that's how ai might be mixed with natural intelligence is it did i even talk much about that well yeah like the artifacts you know the interfaces are not necessarily hardware they're still our fingers but AI is mixing with us all the time. I mean, look, I'm talking about it for the 90th hour on this podcast. It's changed me. It's changed the way I think about things. It's changed the way I see things. You know, I read these, like, like you know, the standard textbooks on AI. I have them here. They really have changed the way I think about the world. There are some pretty handy models of, of how to think about the world in these books. Really handy. Like, cut through all the BS... It's not as complicated. It's as complicated as, as it seems, but it's it's not as intractable as it seems if you benefit from what's been learned by doing AI and what's been learned by working on AI uh, or, or what's been passed down to us from the people who have worked on AI. That might have been two ways of saying the same thing. I'm not sure. How is artificial intelligence mixed with itself? Well, <sighs> I had a, I have these, I have emotions and I was feeling strong emotions today when I worked on this particular item. I had not heard of alpha, is it called alpha code? It's, it's the deep, my alpha code. Yeah, alpha code. I had not heard of alpha code. And reading the paper, the preprint that probably was identical to the the one on the final one on archive, and from February of this year, it's causing feelings, not good ones. I mean, like ten percent good, ten percent. Oh, this is awesome! Like we're going to be able to deploy artificial intelligence-based systems to write good code to solve hard problems so that we don't have to. That's 10%. The other 90% is different. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. Can't go into it. Suffice it to say, artificial intelligence is interacting with itself. And that was almost certainly inevitable at least insofar as it's gone so far. But where that's going and how fast is... I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel... I feel feelings about this. Moving on. At Retrace, we have a list of hypotheses, 1 through 12. And hypotheses 1 through 11 are supposed to be wrapped up into hypothesis number 12. These are hypotheses about what's going on out there. Retrace, as a company, as a podcast, is, a, is, is about, I was going to say is supposed to be about. No, it is about. It's not, we're not trying and failing. It's a hard thing to try to wrestle with and come to terms with and speak intelligently to what's going on out there. Nobody else is doing it. Other people do it in their own sort of narrow way, but there, there are these constraints and these horse blinders and these reins on these animals and these roads that they stay on with ditches on either side 
Retrace is trying to have none of those things. No roads, no ditches, no rains. No blinders. It's not easy. But anyway, these hypotheses are a list of sort of English language, imprecise, yes, a real scientifically-minded person is going to say, these aren't very good hypotheses. Shush. Okay. Again, you're the same guy who keeps talking about the definition of AI. Now you want to talk about how crappy our hypotheses are. You're crappy. Okay. These are good. These are a good attempt. Unless we're going to get, unless we're going to collapse into specialism, collapse into technical speak, start pretending like we needed to say something with mathematics. Most things that are said with mathematics do not need to be said with mathematics. This is signaling. This is elephant in the brain sort of stuff that they're doing. So says I. You might disagree. I think people say things with mathematics because they can and because they know that most of us aren't going to bother to dig into it or might not even be capable of comprehending it, even if we did want to bother. But that's the wrong reason to use math. Absolutely the wrong reason. And it's the reason, it's not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons that our hypotheses are in English and they're imprecise. Although we did work on, in the world model, making especially age 12 more hard science and technically tractable, specifically talking about threat modeling, natural selection, game theory, Turing machines, and cybernetics. Right? You want to talk about, you want me to talk in those terms all the time? You want me to say, well, if you think about it from the threat model perspective, or natural selection, or really, you know, Darwin's universal asset test, or game theory, or Turing machines, or cybernetics, this, 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 and this. This would be an impenetrable and annoying podcast. We don't want it to be impenetrable. I can't help it if it's annoying. I hope it's not. But you never know if you're annoying. Nobody comes out as, hey, you. Everything that you do is annoying. It's just who you are. You need to accept that. No one will ever tell you that. So, I don't think I'm annoying. And if I'm not annoying, then the podcast is not annoying. Because, look, it's just black and white. There's nothing else. Unless this mic is annoying. It's not to me. 11 hypotheses that roll up into the 12th one. I'm going to give you the single noun or noun, noun, or noun phrase for the 11 hypotheses. I, I'm not going to go into all this because it'll go on forever. Space, technology, death, China, civil war, environments, betterment, intelligence, darkness, wealth, wild cards are the 11. And then, and it's just, it's just, it's not controversial stuff. It's like, you know, the space one is humans are now technologically capable of living in space. <gasps> Whoa. Dude, how did he figure that out? No, I know. It's not supposed to be controversial. It's supposed to be a real answer to the question of what's going on out there. And and then to cause inquiry, serious inquiry, so that we don't get led astray by our just impulses or whatever else can lead us astray. They're all like that. They're all that sort of... I don't think there's anything in here in the 11. Okay, but then there's... Then there's H12. Some The short version of H... And they all have short versions and long versions. The short version of H12 computers is, and this is the one that's meant to roll up all the other ones, because the other ones all seem to be connected to this one. Some humans now control others better, i.e. better than they used to, but machinery could take control. And the long version of that, I'm not going to read, I've read it too many times and I haven't really given it its due. How does AI mix with that? How does AI mix with human control of other humans? I mean, that's, that's the second book that uh, 
Norbert Wiener? Is it Norbert? Norbert, right? How can I not know this? You forget things, you know? It's on my shelf, but it's too far away. I can't. And anyway. Um, uh, the human use of human beings. Is his first name Norbert? Survey says. Survey says I have a. Yes, Norbert. Okay, so he tried to. He, like, cybernetics was the mathematical heavy, math heavy version of his his control theory, you know, insights. Human use of human beings was the more lay version of it that someone like asked him to write, if I recall correctly. Ask it, like, write it so that people can understand it, damn it, Norbert. You're such a wiener. How is AI interacting with that human control of other humans? Well, it's, 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 it's all over. I mean, how do these humans know other humans better than they know themselves? AI itself. Could the machines take control? Yeah, we don't really understand what control. We don't know what we don't understand what motivation is. We don't need the machines already might have sufficient motivation to overcome any sort of resistance should we choose to put up resistance. Did I skip omniscience? I think I did. Well, good. Cuz we can jump back to it right now. Perfectly. Almost too perfectly. And I should say also, natural, I mean, strategic intelligence gets better. With I, I didn't talk about any of the better. I always lean toward the, I have, I'm a, uh, of a fretful temperament, Nick Bostrom's phrase. I worry more than I, I'm not Ray Kurzweil, and I'm not Stephen Picker, but I want to be. I want to be them because it's not fun being doom and gloom. Strategic intelligence is better when if your strategic intelligence entity uses AI to do its job better, its its official job, not some nefarious thing you don't know about, let's assume it's doing its official job, and also if all the other agencies are more, they're not mistakes and misunderstandings, let's say. That's one way that AI can make strategic intelligence better. How can it make natural intelligence better? A million ways. Okay, I talked about them already. At the party, just at the party, there are 65 different ways that artificial intelligence could improve things. Come on, how many bad parties have you been to? You don't think AI could help with any of that? Of course it could. How could artificial intelligence improve itself? I already talked about the 10%. Great, now we don't have to write this program where you have to take the string, slice it, and dice it, and then only use the backspace and then produce this other string, and then you got to do it optimized, and you got to do it in C because we need it to go fast, etc. There's lots of good things that AI can do in the three kinds of intelligence. In the three domains of omniscience, physical, animate, and mental, I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but go back to... I don't remember which retrace it was. Just omniscience in three domains. I don't remember which one it was. Um, popular, that one. Gets a lot of views and downloads. Um, they probably think it's some religious thing or something. I don't know why people go to it. Uh, physical omniscience, knowing everything that's going on in the physical world. Animate omniscience, knowing everything that's going on with the, let's say, biological world, the living world. I mean, if you don't think that machines are alive, then that would exclude machines, but let's include both of them, the sort of the loose definition of biological world. And then mental omniscience, knowing not just what the, the, the things are go- doing from an outside perspective, but the thoughts. I had a thought the other day that I was walking around a mall, believe it or not, and I had the thought that, you know, people are on their phones and, and, and generally, you know, older people look down and people are like, look at how they're all in their phones and they just they're not doing anything. They're in the phone. But I do. I'm in my phone all the time, too. What matters is not what you see with photons. You see photons. 
you know, bouncing off of me and you see me just doing this. What matters is electrons. And really not even electrons, the electrochemical signaling in the brain. But it's electrical. It, it's based on electricity, first and foremost. It's not based on light. You're not seeing the more important thing. Well, yeah, I'm on my phone, but what am I reading? What am I thinking? What am I dreaming? What am I dreading? That's Photons are becoming less important, at least to humans, in the medium term, than electrons. Okay. So mental omniscience. Artificial intelligence can help with that. Yeah, if it can read your mind, if it can know you better than you know yourself, and then tell some person, hey, this person is... It's just so easy to think of all the bad things that could come of that. But honestly, we want to, if, you're, if you're like me, you want to have the most crystal clear picture of yourself possible. No matter how hard that might be to see, and I can imagine it being very hard, but let's say in doses, let's say in, in steps, let's not just immediately confront people with how ridiculously stupid they are or annoying or conceited or, I was going to say stupid again, but I think that just, that proved some point. Okay, moving on. China. Artificial intelligence. We've already talked a lot about that. I don't need to go into China. World Model 5, um, which is what is, what is happening, what matters amongst what is happening amongst what is. I don't know. This isn't going to work. I've made this list. This isn't going to work. Um, so far, it's worked. But if I go into these other things, like the, the, the five different world models, one of them was a throwaway. And the other sort of Etc. Let's just say etc. Okay, you can keep mixing artificial intelligence with things that seem separate and get surprising results. Have I shown that? I mean, I could keep going here, man. I.J. Good's paradox: To survive, we must build the machines, but if they're built, we won't survive. How does AI mix with that? I mean, it is based on AI, but could you just convince? 10% of the Earth's adult population that that is a pair that if you could find a way to get that thought in front of 10% of paying attention people on the planet it would change the world artificial intelligence is probably the only way you could what am I talking about? I don't, it's market forces. Economics is, gonna, is, is the problem with that. But artificial intelligence can overcome all of that. I mean, how do you optimize a system these days? You don't think hard about it. I mean, yeah, a little bit. But you deploy algorithms of some sort, structured data, clear objectives, clear preferences. AI is better at all that. Can AI help with the good model, RTFM? Right, true, fit, and mixed. Yeah, well, that was the uh, Kissinger and and um, and the other two We're talking about that in the age of AI. How AI is like demonstrating that it can perceive reality in ways that are totally beyond us, and they're revealing things. AI is revealing things to us that we would never never be able to detect on our own. That's that's the true part. It's definitely going to make us more fit if we can use AI to solve all these problems that have been intractable in long term. And the bigger the, the bigger the problem, the more benefit AI is going to provide. I don't know if AI can help us with right. It might be able to help us with morality, but um, at least it'll be it might be able to help us with cooperation and, and 
and the incentive, you know, the economics of compromise and cooperation. Genetics, nanotech, and robotics, global catastrophic risk, blue and red politics, natural artificial and strategic intelligence, sources and tests, computer control, threat modeling. I can see, oh, I missed sex. Sex is a good one. I mean, I talked a little bit about Marshall McLuhan with the sex organs and the machines. I don't know. I don't really know how AI, I mean, yeah, I can think of some ways that... (laughs) That's enough. All right. That's enough. Look, we've mixed AI with a bunch of things that were that are that are generally separate. I didn't tell you where I got the sprinklet thing. Kevin Kelly, this book, The Inevitable, said, you know, in the future people are gonna look back on our time and say, Man, wouldn't it have been great to be an entrepreneur back then? All you had to do is just take some random thing, put some AI on it, and then put it in the cloud and you make money. And I remember that him as saying Put take a random thing, sprinkle some AI on it. But the guy who said sprinkle is Jerry Kaplan. He didn't say it in a book. He said it in an interview with um, with Brooke Gladstone on OTM. But I put those two together. Sprinkle some AI on it. Sprinkle some AI on it. So anyway, we've taken a first pass of this. We'll sprinkle some AI. We'll continue to sprinkle some more. Tomorrow we're going to deal with the big questions. There's no end to this sprinkling that we're doing here. But... You know, in a sense, it kind of feels like fun and games. And I don't feel like it's fun and games anymore. Honestly, like the stuff I've been thinking about today. Not just today, but man, that, that alpha code thing. Like like flipping through the paper, the, the preprint. I didn't scour it, but... Just as someone who's written code, looking at some of the illustrations and imagining that they're using an, you know a machine learning so a, a deep it was a it was a transformer based so it's it's um recurrent neural networks which have like what do they call it perspective or not perspective they have attention so it's like a recurrent neural network with attention as a as a transformer anyway um they're using that to write the code Okay, we'll talk about big picture tomorrow. All references will be in the PDF notes. Retrace.com, R-E-T-R-A-I-C-E.com. This has been segment number 51. Next segment, same time tomorrow, 11 p.m., 8 p.m. Pacific. Signing off.